The Factory Stock Podcast is back. For the first time in 2020, the seven-second factory cars will do battle at the 51st Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. On this show, one of each manufacturer, starting off with the Dodges and Mark Powell. I just said something to my son last night, believe it or not. I said, Kyle, there's nothing more than I want to be able to win a national event, NHRA national event in 2020. I really came back because I felt I had un, unresolved business in pro stock, and I love this class. I think it's, it's got a great future if it's run properly. You know, the cars are cool. They're very fast. They're hard to drive. They are a handful. Down track, they are a handful. And it would mean so much to me to have the Cowboy add another Wally to his trophy case. The Cowboy is ready. He's ready to win and wants it more than anything else. But what about the Chevrolets and the Fords? The Chevy Cam is fired up and ready to go. Scott Libisher is ready to shake off the rust, and it is time to get after it. So what about his Barton-powered Camaro? What about Scott Libisher? The first race is uh, one of the most important ones to me, just to make sure everything looks great on paper and engine dynos. But uh, getting down the track and some competition, uh, get the cobwebs out of your head and uh, rock and roll. Scott Libisher and his fleet of Camaros are ready for battle. The first race, the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals in an eight-race point season. But what about the champ and the Ford contingent? What is Drew Skillman's message to all the competitors and all the race fans who will be following along? Here's Drew. Because we're going to come out swinging. We're, we're not here to fuck around at all. We're here to win another championship. It's either me or my father. So, you know, you better come out swinging. Because I know we are. The champ, Drew Skillman, never minces words. And he's going right back after it to try to win his second Samtech.edu factory stock showdown title. You'll hear from them all. The Dodges, the Fords, the Chevys, Powett. Libisher and Skillman bringing it on the samtech.edu factory stock podcast plus Brian Massengill from Samtech will break down the category and get ready for the 2020 season. I'm Joe Costello and it is time for another year of factory stock podcast. And it's all brought to you by the School of Automotive Machinist and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today. Accelerate your career as a machinist or a high-performance engine builder. Give them a call, 713-683-3817. They have block, head, and CNC programs, motorsport EFI tuning, and they're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. There's financial aid available. Go to samtech.edu. D-U, the next generation of CNC machinists, EFI tuners, and engine builders, crew chiefs, and machinists are all rolling out of samtech.edu today. And most importantly, they can help you with your career once you graduate. 713 683 
3817. That's samtech.edu. And tell them you heard it on Factory Stock Podcast. Let's get started. We've got one driver from each manufacturer. The champ is going to go last. He'll be followed up by Brian Massengill. We've got Scott Libisher. But it's time to get into it. The start of the season. Before we hear from Mark, I just want to remind everybody, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify. You can subscribe on SoundCloud. Never miss a show. And we hope you love what you're hearing enough to write a positive review. We've got all of last year's shows in the archive if you want to do any catch Catching up, maybe hear Drew talk a little smack from last year. But this is episode one of season two, 2020 Factory Stock Podcast. Let's get into it. Time to get started on Factory Stock Podcast, where we'll hear from one of each of the manufacturers in play, starting off with the Dodges. Joining us now, he's known as the Cowboy and finished off the 2019 season. Very strong. Mark Powick joins us now. Mark, welcome back to Factory Stock Podcast. Are you ready for the season? Joe, it's an honor to be on your show, man, as always. And I hope we're ready. We're pretty excited about 2020, especially after the lame start we had in 2019. Well, exactly. I felt like, you know, looking back at the season, and I've expressed a lot of different thoughts about a lot of different things. I just want to see the class be successful. I love what I'm seeing. I love the cars. I love the rivalries, the different manufacturers. But last year, with new parts and pieces for some some cars and not others, it threw the balance off, at least for a while. The way we ended the season compared to the way we started the season and where we are now in terms of parity rules, you know, what say you? What do you think about where you're at? Well, we're much better than we were, obviously, the beginning of 2019. Kevin Kevin Helms and my crew, Terry Snyder, we all worked really hard to try to get the combination to back to be competitive again. And obviously, they kept NHRE kept making changes to try to get us back at a parity level. Um, I still feel we're at a slight disadvantage. But I feel now we're we're at least competitive enough that we can qualify and hopefully go some rounds on on race day. You know, I'm pretty excited about the new 2020 drag pack that that was released, um, and we're waiting for new parts. The new blower that the Fords have, the 3.0 Whipple, was approved for for the Dodges, but we've got some testing to do before we can bring them out in the competition. You know, we're hoping to have parts maybe after Gainesville to start doing some testing, but. Um, I do feel with the way we ended last year, even though we really haven't been able to do any R&D over the winter, we should be able to start off the 2020 season in better shape than we started off 2019. And one of the reasons this category is so popular is that Dodge fans have people to root for and cars to root for. Last year was tough. And you tell me if I'm correct or if I'm, I'm incorrect. There were times where you could compete, but you had to make the perfect run. Like you had to get it all in the 60 foot. Me being up there in the announce booth, I would see like incredible 60 foots or you'd blow them off. Exactly right. And unfortunately with my car, I seem to be constantly blowing them off with Leah's car. For some reason, hers seemed to just get better traction off starting line. And she made an unbelievable run in Gainesville that we didn't think we could go that fast. But in race day, you know, it was not the same. You're exactly correct, Joe. On a nine inch tire, it's very easy to overpower these racetrack when you're making 1400, 1500 horsepower. And there's a very fine margin there of tuning, be able to get the car down the racetrack or, or spin the tires. 
and uh, Kevin Helms has done a great job of that. But we knew starting out the season that if, if we did not go for it in 60 foot, there's no way we would compete because if you looked at our, our lap, our back halves, our last quarter mile and our mile per hour, we were substantially off from, from the Fords and from the Chevys. And then so we had to go for it. And if we, if we didn't get off the starting line as what happened to me in Gainesville, then obviously I was going home on Sunday or Saturday afternoon, I should say. Yeah. And that new supercharger is going to make a lot of difference. But at the same time, I imagine it's also going to throw into uh, out of balance the balance of power, right? Like now we've kind of got it close again. And uh, the Ford, we're going to speak with a Ford uh, driver a little bit later on in the show. But judging by the traffic I see on social media and all, a lot of the Fords feel like they were unfairly hit with, uh, you know, various pulley changes, certainly made to spend money and work hard, right? Like a lot of work uh, goes into every change. And uh, they were a little annoyed by that. But at the same time, uh, the end of the year, things seemed more balanced than they had been. Once you guys get your new supercharger, things may change again. They might. The one thing we're going to have to do, we do honestly believe it really changes our power band. We don't know. We haven't been able to test it yet. So if that is the case, then we have to re- rework the whole car, our whole setup, you know, ratios, et cetera, converter possibly. Um, the biggest advantage that we feel for the 3.0 versus the 2.9 is it cools so much more efficiently that we think we're not going to fall off as, as much in hot weather as we have this year with our 2.9. We are spinning our 2.9. Actually, it's inefficient. We're spinning it so fast because we kept going with a smaller pulley. I ended up seizing a blower. Um, I was very fast in St. Louis after Indy qualifying number one, we qualified number two in St. Louis. Really thought I had a chance of winning the race. And um, last round of qualifying, I really ran well. Well, first round, the car ran really slow, and I had a buy. So it wouldn't start at the end of the track. Actually, I take that back. It actually had happened on Q3. Um, it wouldn't start at the end of the track. I thought the battery was dead. We got it back to the pit area. We thought the motor was seized up. We ended up finding that the blower was seized up. We, we seized the bearing up in the blower. So we swapped blowers. We went out first round Saturday afternoon, and the car was off like two-tenths. So assume the motor was hurt that maybe from the blower metal got in the engine. We leaked the engine. The engine was fine. It ran even slower, Q2, and we lost Sunday morning. We ended up finding out once we took everything apart that when the, the blower seized up, it also knocked the bearing out of the converter. So, um, you know, and, and the, why I'm telling you this story is we're blo- we're spinning these blowers so fast, they're just not efficient at that, at that rate of speed, and they're going to be damaging parts. So, Hopefully with the 3.0 blower, we at least get the cooling factor and we're slowing them down so we're not tearing the kind of parts up we did with spinning the 2.9 so fast. Got it. And I appreciate that uh, that uh, insight. That's exactly what we're talking about uh, on this show. And uh, I really appreciate you going there. I do think, though, and I want your opinion macro on the class. This is the class that brought you back to drag racing. I know that you and your family are having a good time doing it. It's going to be great when you go out there and, and uh, break through and get a win. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys back in the winner circle. But I also think like, it's bad if the class devolves into this, uh, you know, once upon a time, everybody working the refs, everybody asking for 
uh, different things and complaining about the rules makers. That's not why people are here to see these these cars. People want to see a a good race and and not uh, you know hear all that that rules maker stuff. What do you think about what what's the best way to handle all that? Well, you know, NHRA feels which I understand the manufacturers want to continuously bring new parts and pieces out. Obviously, can say can sell more products, and I get that to a point. But what kind of happened last year? There was a, a huge disadvantage for the Dodgers. I mean, just to give you the kind of disadvantage there was, Leah did not win a round of eliminations to the final race of the season, and she was world champion the year before. I didn't win a round of eliminations until Indy, the, the third last race of the year. So there was a disparity there. I understand that, you know, the manufacturers wanted to keep moving their products forward, but at the same time, there has to be control on the class if for no other reason, the cost, you know, the cost last year was really getting out of control. And I do believe I've heard some guys are not going to be back this year because of the cost. And what we have to do, we have to make it entertaining for the fans. We have to make it so that the drivers want to compete, want to be there. We have to make it so that the manufacturers want to be involved, that they can sell their product, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's what this class is about. People can relate to the Fords. People can relate to the Dodge Drag Pack. People can relate to the co- to the Copos. And we have to do it, but we also have to have the fan or the person that wants to buy that type of car to understand that it can, it can be affordable for him to be able to go out and buy it. And I think we kind of lost some of that this last year. Got it. Totally understand. And uh, and the year, you know, the season starts again and uh, everybody's tied for first or last in the points. And we are, you know, our, our hope is renewed at the start of the season. All right, let's talk about getting that first win. It's not easy to win out here. And I know you didn't think you were going to just jump back in a race car and go out and win races, even with Don Schumacher Racing and Kevin Helms and all of that. I feel like you've paid your dues enough that if you get a win early on in the season, it will have been well-earned. Uh, talk about making that happen, maybe in Gainesville, maybe at one of the next races. But uh, you have been working hard, and you got a team behind you. I know Kyle and everybody is involved. Uh, talk about what it would mean to break through now that you've, you've, uh, you've, you've struggled a little bit. You've paid dues once again. Well, you know, I came out in 18, Joe, and I went to three finals in a row. And, you know, I really thought I had a shot of winning the Norwalk NHRA race. Unfortunately, I got beaten in the final. You know, it was a very good race. I won the NMCA race right behind it. Then I went to India and went to the final. My engine was hurt. And Leah beat me in the final there. So I was really excited. And then the stuff happens in 2020 or, or in 2019 where, you know, I'm not even qualifying because of the changes. I just said something to my son last night, believe it or not. I said, Kyle. There's nothing more than I want to be able to win a national event, NHRA national event in 2020. I really came back because I felt I had unresolved business in pro stock, and I love this class. I think it's it's got a great future if it's run properly. You know, the cars are cool. They're very fast. They're hard to drive. They are a handful. Down track, they are a handful. And it would mean so much to me to have the Cowboy add another Wally to his trophy case. I'd love to have several, but right now I'd be real content with one. I was just going to say, or two, right? But uh, you got to you got to win two or three. <laughs> 
You got to win one to get to two or three. Uh, I'm excited about the start of the season. Uh, Last year, growing pains for the category. Hopefully everybody is uh, feeling positive, goes out there, put the cars on the track. One thing we can have confidence in is that NHRA is not afraid to make changes to uh, make things closer together in terms of performance. Uh, And that was their goal. The only thing that annoys me, and I'll share it with you, is when people assume that one manufacturer is appreciated more than the others, which I know for a fact that that's not true. Uh, But seeing that out there, and I think fans of all three manufacturers are guilty of of saying that. You know what I mean? Like they're the uh, discriminated against manufacturer. I I hope everybody realizes that they're just trying to do the best job that they can. They can, and they're in a very tough position. You know, I mean... They can't please everybody because whenever you make a change, you're always going to have somebody that's not happy, obviously. Um, there was definitely a division in the class last year. The Dodges just were not competitive. You know, I'm not saying that because I'm driving a Dodge, and, and we tried to give NHRA the best facts that we could over racing this winter because if we don't tell them the truth and we go out there and really run fast again, we have egg on our face that doesn't do anybody any good. So any data that we gathered, you know, we tried to be honest with them with what we felt about our performances with, you know, different pulley sizes, et cetera, because obviously we want to be competitive and we want to be able to win races just like the other two brands, but we don't want to go out there and just be so fast that it's going to hurt us. And, you know, our goal is to just be able to run with them and, and be able to be competitive on Sunday. And the, and the, the team that has the best driver that day and does the best job of tuning is the one that's going to end up in the winner's circle at the end of the day. And there you have it. Mark, thank you very much for joining us on Factory Stock Podcast. Very excited for the 51st Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals for many reasons, but one of which is the start to the Factory Stock Showdown season. Good luck this season. I'm sure we'll be speaking over the course of the year. Uh, Good luck in terms of winning that Wally and maybe multiple and maybe a championship. Who knows? It all lies ahead, and that's why we run the races. Thank you so much for coming on our show joe thank you it's always an honor to to be able to be invited to the show and uh, i look forward to seeing you in gainesville and uh best to everybody out there thanks mark mark powick with us here on factory stock podcast for the dodge fans cowboy going to be back out there trying to win a wally it's going to be very interesting once they get their new parts and new pieces for all you dodge fans out there cheering for leah cheering for mark and hoping that your mopar guys can go out there and get the win guys and gal all right We've got Drew Skillman for the Fords coming up a little bit later. He is the champ, so he will get final word on this first episode of Factory Stock Podcast. But now we got to talk a little Chevrolets. And joining us now, repping the Chevys on the first episode of 2020, has got Ray Barton Power under the hood of his Camaro. It's Scott Libisher who is back. Scott, welcome back to Factory Stock Podcast. Thanks a lot, Joel. So here we go again. Last year, your performance was evolving and getting better towards the end of the year. David Barton and the Barton Racing Engines, same deal. Sorting out some early season issues, end of the year, making a lot of power, doing very well. So give me the state of your organization as you get ready for the 2020 season. Chevrolet got us some uh, new 
new style head gaskets and, uh, you know, an updated cylinder head. So we've been playing around with the top end quite a bit. And uh, on paper, it looks pretty promising. I think we're going to have a great year this year. Last year was a lot of hard work, and it was tough to get the results that we ended up with, which is a lot of work. And uh, we're looking forward to this season. We're going to find out in a couple of weeks down at the Gators. Absolutely. Gator Nationals coming up, the debut of Factory Stock Showdown for 2020, a new schedule for the year. You will be finishing up in Vegas, which I'm very excited about, but also there's a little bit more of a break between each race. So far, everybody has told us that that is absolutely beneficial for the class and participation in the class. Do you agree? 100%. The level of racing has uh, escalated so dramatically in the last few seasons. You almost have to freshen your motor at least every other race, if not every race. The competition's there, and you got to be ready. Wow, that's uh, the refresh. That's that's high level stuff. Now you dove into this. You have uh, you know many cars that you play around with in various categories with the family. We spoke last year about how this has really captured your imagination. But at the same time, and we're going to hear from Drew in a little bit. And we heard from Bo a lot last year. There are a lot of guys taking this, uh, you know, pro stock serious right? Pro stock serious, and they're going it that way. And a lot of racers that are in it uh, have had to elevate their game. And you guys are one of them, and you've been able to do it. How have you been able to do it? Uh, a lot of hard work and a good crew. You know, we, uh, we're a family-run race team, and we, we learn as we go, and the knowledge we've gained each season is phenomenal. And it's just hard work, and you get results, just like anything you do, Joe. Yes, well, you would you would hope, and it has been fun to watch. So, two cars this year, two 2020 Camaros. You, Dan Condon, Dan is going to be crew chief. Barton's going to make tune, tuning calls. So you've got all the places, uh, all the all the pieces in place on the chessboard. You got to go out there and execute. Q1 going to be very important, I would imagine, once again this year. Absolutely. You know, you got to come out of the gate strong with your best stuff. Everybody's watching. Everybody's wondering what's going on. And uh, the first race is uh, one of the most important ones to me, just to make sure everything looks great on paper and engine dynos. But uh, getting down the track and some competition, uh, get the cobwebs out of your head and uh, rock and roll. It's a great race to, to go out and win because, you know, maybe you mentioned cobwebs. Everyone's got them. Everyone's a little rusty in the break. Whoever can come out of the break the least rusty has got a chance to win. Mark Powick says he's excited and fired up. I can tell you're excited and fired up. We're going to hear from Drew in a little bit. What are your thoughts on the rules uh, situation? Been having the conversation with a lot of people over the past few weeks that, let's face it, there's uh, some dissatisfaction on the parts of certain uh, fans of certain manufacturers, not even the teams as much as the fans, that, uh, you know, all the changes, et cetera. But Mark Powick said he feels pretty good about where things will be soon once they get their new stuff. What do you think about, you know, the Dodgers got a little something. Uh, you guys got something last year. The Fords got something big last year. Like, it, like make some sense out of all that as best as you can. Uh, I think NHRA did a great job last year trying to keep up with it. You know, the Fords were uh, – they were the people to beat. The Spielmans are a great group of people. They work hard. Bo Butner and 
you know, the parity is the issue, and we got to get out to the racetrack and see what's going on. You know, the Fords just keep, kept coming up with more and more horsepower as the season went on, and NHRA just couldn't keep up the adjustments until mid-season a little bit further. And uh, we were pushing our motors all the way to the edge, and, you know, we had to pay for that quite a bit, you know, to keep up with them. But, you know, after the midway point, I think it was a fairly level playing field, and a couple of changes in the winter here we'll find out at the gators right confidence is high that's the, that's the whole point and i i don't want to i never like to project negativity as best as i can on this show on my wfo radio show i just prefer the glasses half full here we are first race of the season i'm excited to see what it is last year i was super excited i'd seen some great test ets out of the Camaros, and then the Fords came out and thumped everybody. And I was like, all, all right, I, I get it. And it was, still, it was still exciting, right? I didn't get angry about it. I, it just is what it is. I just hope people are excited and, and looking forward to whatever happens. Right. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. You know, the Fords were on top, and they're the ones to beat. And uh, hopefully it'll, the playing field's level. You know, I, I love going to a race with 500s on the table. Let's go. And NHRA is, is keeping an eye on everything, and I think they'll make adjustments as needed. They've got room. And uh, I think it's going to be a great season. I think all three teams are going to be competitive, and uh, that's all I hope for, Joe. I like racing. I like the competition. Now, before before we move on, uh, I, I recall that you or someone with your exact name was able to score the John Force Copo Camaro at Barrett-Jackson, right? Like, we didn't talk about this, but I remember seeing, I was like, I know that, dude. You got the John Force Camaro. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I thought I lost enough weight to hide behind Rick Hendricks on TV, but I didn't. they still seen me. Um, No, it was for a great charity, DonorsChoose.org. Uh, it funds public school teachers for small projects. You know, they, the public school teachers got a lot of money out of their pocket for their classrooms. And uh, I seen that charity, and uh, I talked with my accountant. And we had a little wiggle room, and uh, we're going to debut that car in April. Uh, we're racing. We're going to we're going to bring it out and use it what it's made for. Really, you are going to run that at national events. You know what? That's great news. Most of those cars end up in a someone's air-conditioned, climate-controlled room collecting dust attached to a uh, battery uh, charger, and you're going to actually race it. That's great. Nope, we're going to bring it out in April. We're uh, going to make a couple of changes on it, and uh, that's what it's made for. And I appreciate you mentioning the charity as well. I've got a couple of really close friends, public school teachers. Nobody understands how much stuff they have to pay for out of their own pocket. Otherwise, they can't do their job. Absolutely. I've got uh, a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law that are public school teachers and uh, another brother-in-law that works in the school system. So I know firsthand. And, no, that really was the tipping point for me in that car. I had seen it at SEMA. I had seen it at PRI. And then I was hanging out in the Chevy booth, and I started talking about the charity, and it all kind of clicked together. I really didn't have any intentions of buying it until I found out about the charity. Well, there you go. Great news uh, coming out of that auction for great uh, reasons. All right, one final question. Uh, excited about the season, excited to go racing, eight races, championship. It all matters. you got to get as much as you can. But what I really would like is to continue to grow the uh, the fan base, right? Like we want 
the fans of the showdown to find you guys and come walk the pits and come meet you and uh, in many ways emulate what we're seeing in the Mellow Yellow series and in Pro Stock where there are people that know, you know, Scott Libisher is a cool guy and they want to root for him. Um, what's up with that for your team? Are you welcoming fans to your pit? And you don't know where you're going to be pitted just yet, but when they come out to the showdown, uh, are you going to do anything new this year on that front? Um, you know, we we let our fans know where we're pitted. We've always got an open policy. You know, they can stand and watch if we're in the middle of something big. And we got a pretty good social media crowd. And, uh, you know, I've got some, uh, some fans coming to Gators. We see them once a year, and we're looking forward to uh, – saying hello, and uh, hopefully uh, bringing home a Wally with us. Scott, best of luck in 2020. Uh, Factory Stock Showdown getting ready to roll once again. It's going to be a fantastic season, up, down, sideways, hopefully not sideways, but we wish you the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with your new uh, yeah. your new cars and uh, all you've done, and uh, good luck repping the Chevy contingent. All right, Joe, thanks a lot. You do a great job. Thank you, Scott. Scott Libisher. With us here on the Factory Stock Podcast, brought to you by Samtech.edu. Powick fired up. Libbisher, he is ready to go. He got that force car. He's going to race it. That is super cool. We got Brian Massengill queued up in the green room. He is ready to roll out. Next up on Factory Stock Podcast, you've heard from a Chevy and you've heard from a Dodge. But now it's time for the champ saving the best for last. He's trying to go back to back. Joining us now. Your 2019 Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown champion, Drew Skillman. Drew, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a long time. It has been a long time, and I'm excited. I love that this category opens up at the Gator Nationals. Everything gets moving and grooving, and then it's time for the Factory Stock Showdown cars. So I guess you got to pull the cover off of it, right? Like, where's the champ car? Is it in the back of the garage? What's the scenario? Champ car is headed to Florida right now. It is probably in Florida right now. So it's headed that way. Um, I got to stay back for the next week, and then I'll be down there testing right before Gainesville. But my father's down there racing NMCA, and he's going to test for this next couple days before that race. All right. Before we get into the racing stuff, let's uh, catch everybody up on you know what's been going on in Drew's life. I know you welcomed a, a little one, and now your daddy, Drew, but uh, you had the holidays, the winter break, you're the champ, uh, the fruits of your labor on many fronts all coming to fruition. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we didn't do a lot of sitting around. Um, we did a lot of stuff on both race cars, hopefully worked in a better direction, tried to uh, take a little weight out of them so that way we could put weight where they're needed more and just really worked our ass off again. And I, I think we have a really good combination going into this next year. Um, you know, pending NHRA rule changes as they come, but I think we'll be really close with everyone else. Um, from my understanding, I guess the Dodgers won't be out the first race, but uh, that could be just rumor, but we'll, we'll see how all this thing shakes out after the first couple. Powick told us on this show a little bit earlier that they're going to be there. Uh, that uh, oh, he, he, okay. he, he, but. You never know, right? Like, maybe that's the intention right now. He did say that they're not going to have their updated parts for a few races. And so uh, maybe that's what we're Yeah, no, I just knew the new car wasn't going to be there. Right. That's what I was told. Got it. Got it. So you haven't stood on your laurels at all. Uh, There's been a trend through this specific uh, edition of Factory Stock Podcast, and it's my fault for reading 
uh, Facebook message boards, right? Which was, I, I've seen, right, bad idea always. Read the Facebook uh, groups and stuff. And there's a couple of factory stock showdown related groups. And I appreciate them because we post the podcast on there and we try to gain uh, more listeners by posting on there. But I just see so many, a lot of the, what I will call Ford contingent, dissatisfied with uh, various you know rules changes that happened during the uh, the winter break. Uh, I, I want you, I trust you to give me a good, honest analysis of what went down. You won the most races, you're the champ, you're heavily invested, and you're showing up to the race. So what's going on out there in Ford Country? Well, I'm, I'm definitely vocal. There, there's no doubt about that. I'm not afraid to speak my opinion if it's wanted or not. But uh, the NHRA has done what they think is correct to make parity in the field. I think they went a little overboard on the Fords. I think they're getting ready to give the Dodges more than they have any idea what they're getting ready to give them. Um, we know what they're getting because we have it already, and uh, it's it's going to be a bloodbath for them for a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna kick all of our asses for a little bit, but the first couple of races, that's where we're gonna have to make hay when the sun shines. And you know, we just expect NHRA to penalize them the way they penalized us. And the Chevys, they're I think they're kind of the the ones that they're back against the wall right now, there's a few of them running really, really well. And uh, they're ran like a professional team and it, it shows. So there's going to be, uh, there's going to be some people stepping up this year. I think, I think Bo has, um, he has Hodge with them and that, that's going to be a good teammate or team there to race against us. And it's going to be an interesting season. Hopefully uh, we had a conversation with the tech department about this throttle body restrictor plate, and uh, that, that's just not going to work. So they need to let us go out and actually race and see where we all stand before they start hitting us again for no reason. I mean, Fords didn't even didn't do worth a darn at Houston. So why would they why would they hit us before the season even started? That was the only real criticism I had. Besides that, I kind of stayed stayed off the internet, tried not to say anything, and we'll see how the first race goes. Good advice, and I and I appreciate it. You know, when when you give all these uh, type A hardworking vocal personalities not as much as they're used to doing, uh, and then you put a keyboard or a mobile device in front of them, they might go a little wayward out there on the social. But you did mention something that caught my eye, and I've been out there doing you know beating the bushes a little bit. The word restrictor plate is antithesis to a lot of drag racing, right? Especially in a category like this. So when I heard that, it did it did pique my interest. And I have done, you know, rudimentary reporting. Uh, I'm not popping up and d- digging through people's garbage or anything. But uh, that that's something that I heard was, like, kicked around, but maybe not anymore. Yeah, it uh, did not come to fruition. I know they have them. The NHRA tech officials have them with them. And they said if they're needed, they will be dispersed. But, uh, I mean, I came from circle track racing, and everyone knows restrictor plate racing is the biggest cheating form of circle track racing in the history of racing. Um, there, there's ways around everything. So all they're doing is just going to make it harder for us to try to figure out ways to get around it. And it's just, it's unnecessary. Got it. Well, I know. And I like you saying it just that way because it's, uh, it, you know, it's a warning like, hey, you, you, you make a move, we make a move. And we're not afraid to make a move. Yeah. We're going to do what we do. Uh, last year, you built a team to win a championship What's different? What's the same? Who's back? Who's gone? Is it the same personnel? Is this, for all intents and purposes, going to be the same group of guys trying to make this thing happen? 
exact same group of guys, uh, I mean, down to the truck drivers. So everything stayed the same. We've, uh, we've done some, you know, some winter testing. We got what we think is about as optimal of an engine program right now. We have more faith in Chris right now than we ever have. He's really come out with some good power over the winter and we've been working on durability and all that kind of stuff. And I think we've really got a handle on this combination now. Hopefully uh, we have a little less breakage than we did last year and can compete, you know, a little more consistently throughout the season. This one race though, and, and, and there's a championship on the line and there's a journey we're going to go on the schedule. I believe based on my anecdotal knowledge is going to be better for everybody because there's uh, you, there's a there's a gap between each race for the most part right you can these cars are hard to work on one of the a- elements that people don't consider big factory uh, factory everything means harder and slower to work on and when you grenade Absolutely. an engine or have a problem in you got 3 days to get to the next race that means all nighter and uh, not conducive to the little guy racer. You've got a team that you built for this, but there are some guys that are trying to make it happen uh, without as many guys. It's going to be helpful to them. Absolutely. So, kind of goes into the whole, you know, preparing at the shop, not at the racetrack. So we prepped at the race or at the race shop to get the motors in and out without having all the equipment that we normally have at the race shop. We figured all that stuff out throughout the winters. So that way, once you get to the racetrack, they're a bit easier to work on. But you still have your challenges. And luckily, we have, you know, what I consider a truly professional crew that works on these things. And I work on them myself. And we we know what our jobs are when it's time to get down to taking an engine out. But it still takes us five or six hours. Right. You you know where everything is. It's just it's very it's a tight package in there to to fit all of that and uh, make it all work. And it's not like a pro stock car where you can remove the front clip and swing an engine. Yeah, yeah. From it goes from twenty minutes to four or five hours, <laughs> just like that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the exciting conclusion of the season in Vegas this year. We start off obviously in Gainesville, then move on to Charlotte. You'll be running four wide, as I understand it. Your thought on that? Um, we'll see how that goes. I've ran four wide in Pro Stock, um, so is Bo, and so is Leah. So I mean, there's at least three of us that have you know, some type of idea of what the hell we're doing up there. It's going to be, a, you know, part of my friends, but a shit show <laughs> the first year for a lot of people. But it's going to be fun. Um, I wish they would make four wide an exhibition race, the first one. But it is, is what it is. There's no reason to stand on your soapbox about something like that. So, Yeah, pick your battles. Is that one of those? Uh, I pick hate. your battles. That, that, <laughs> that one's not one of them this year. I get it. Hey, I'm excited to see four wide wheel stands, a Mustang, a Challenger, a Camaro, and something else, all wheels up and getting after it. Uh, Then Atlanta, then Norwalk, uh, of course, uh, Joliet, Indy, uh, Midwest Nationals, and then ending in Vegas this year, which enables you guys to have a, you know, Vegas-style celebration, whoever wins it. Yeah, what a great city to, you know, crown a champion in. Um, I'm extremely excited. I love Vegas. And it, it's great because you're there and you can race this divisional race. It's a, it's a nice place to go. Once you, It's a long travel, but there's two races at the same racetrack, back-to-back. It kind of makes it worth it. I think they made a great decision. Um, it just, you know, it, it was a good idea. 
All right, so let's size up the competition a little bit. You're the guy with the bullseye on his back. I know you and Bo last year were hammering on each other, smack-talking each other, and you won out on all accounts, which means he's going back to work. You already referenced he's got a team car this year. Daryl not as involved uh, this year, and so it's going to be a little bit different. But give me an overview. Size up your competition. I- I'm going to ask you who you're worried about, but you know what I mean. Who uh, who are you uh, considering your toughest competition out there? I'm worried about Bill Skillman. Uh, I think he uh, kind of got slept on. He missed a race. He had just as good a chance of winning the championship as I did. Um, we have very similar cars. We have very similar, you know, mindsets as far as what we're trying to achieve here and he's he's a threat every single weekend um i know what his car is capable of running it's it's more consistent than my car but hopefully we fix that problem over the winter and uh it, it's going to be a blowout i think everyone's pretty darn close it's going to be it's this class is going to start coming down to reaction times i think and i don't think you're going to see us with you know three or four hundreds you know advantage anymore it's going to be you know two hundreds or Whoever's in the lead, it's going to be pretty close. So hopefully the racing stays tight. I can do what I'm supposed to do. Well, you know for certain that when one manufacturer starts to dominate, that they're going to get hammered. You lived that experience last year. So yeah, if yeah. the new parts on these other cars start working out real well, uh, I think we can be confident that NHRA will do what they got to do. I have every pulley waiting for them. Whenever they need them, I can just walk them down to them. Ah, there you go. Uh, and All right, generally, though, the excitement of going racing again, now that you're on this new, different schedule, right, running some Lucas Oil Series, not running pro stock necessarily. You have already told us you've made, you made a great decision with this. But you also see what's going on in pro stock, and it's kind of different. We have 20 cars, 19 cars. It's, uh, it's changed a little bit from when you, you ran over there in, in that uh, – Oh, yeah. I think more power is available. So as a pro stock uh, veteran alumni uh, who has got a new home and factory stock showdown that fits your schedule and your time, I still would like to know your thoughts on what you're seeing in pro stock, like a positive, positive movement. Oh, absolutely. I think pro stock hands down is the best class in NHRA right now. They have the, the changes they have made to that schedule to what the team's that are actually making the engines and providing race cars have done with the pricing. It makes so much more sense than when I was doing it. Um, and that was only a few short years ago. They have, they've all come together and made a decision that they're not going to try to make a million dollars on a person. They're going to try to get cars there. They want the racing to be good. Richard Freeman, I think is the best thing that's happened to pro stock in a long, long time, but then putting on exhibition races, you know, for $80,000 to win. Well, I mean, when was the last time you saw that pro stock? I mean, it, it's it's huge. So I'm glad that that sport's coming back alive. Um, it just it's not for me as far as the schedule can't can't be gone that much. And but the guys that are running right now, I mean, what a great program they have, and the the series is just really looking healthy. Great news, great to hear, great insight, and uh, who knows, maybe a race or two somewhere down the line just to get back in those cars again uh, if the opportunity comes up. I'd love to see you back out there, but I'm very happy with what you're doing with Factory Stock Showdown. All right, Drew, final thoughts for the fans out there, for the listeners out there. You know who listens to this podcast. You're a listener, and I appreciate that. This is like the backdoor communication channel for diehard fans of Factory Stock Showdown. So 
Do you have a message for your rivals? Do you have a message for the fans as we get ready to start this season? Um, I know how hard we worked. Hope you worked the same because um, we're going to come out swinging. We're, we're not here to cut around at all. We're here to win another championship. It's either me or my father. So, you know, you better come out swinging because I know we are. There you have it. Drew, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll see you in Gainesville. Good luck all season long. Thanks for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. Thank you, man. Drew Skillman with us here on Factory Stock Podcast. Drew is loaded for bear, and I love what he had to say right there. We even had to flip it around a little bit. But you got the idea. They are not coming to mess around. He and Bill are gunning for the championship, and he said flat out his biggest threat for the title is coming from within the team. The calls are coming from inside the house. What a show it has been. Factory Stock fans, click subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You're going to hear a lot of great stuff over the course of this season, 2020, and one of the great things you're going to hear from is this guy from the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology, samtech.edu, Mr. Brian Massengill. Brian, are you fired up? I am so excited, Joe. It's, it seems like it hasn't been a long off season, but for us, it has. Um, it it's uh, finally race season for the factory stock drivers, the racers, the fans. They're going to get to see what they want to see. And as always, we are starting at the Gator Nationals, and I am excited to be down here. So we just heard from a driver from each style of car, right? The Dodges, the Chevys, the Ford, and. Generally, I'd say they all sounded pretty optimistic, which is a good place to be. <laughs> that's that's a great place to be, right? I mean, there's there, nobody has a win in 2020 yet, um, so why not? Everyone's uh, everyone. Uh, nobody's lost a race. Nobody's won a round. Nobody's done anything yet. So you it, you better come into the season at least optimistic. Sounds like Drew is. Uh, is ready to go. He's a little bit fired up and excited, and and I I know that all the racers are obviously, but uh, but Drew really really uh, uh, proud of what they accomplished last year, and it does not seem like they are going to be resting on their laurels. They are not here to make some victory laps. Um, they want they want to go back to back at least within their own camp. Um, it's going to be an exciting season, and that is why we're doing it. And there there's been all all kinds of debate. This category is interesting because it's it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting, it's factory cars. We've spoken, uh, you know, all last year about, and this is your quote, redefining what stock is uh, and doing things that no one thought could be done with these cars. Uh, 3,500 pounds, seven-second ETs, incredible acceleration, nine-inch wide tire. It's just insane. And that's why the fans love these cars. But then you add the fight mentality to it, right? And that's what I get out of Drew. You're not going to beat them unless you go to the racetrack with that mentality as well. And he is coming there to kick everybody's butt. And if you're going there to have a good time and grill some hot dogs and put some burgers on and make a lap and then come back and grill some more and talk to some folks, sign an autograph, you're not going to beat Drew Skillman. And they are the standard right now. They are. And, and you know, I... I can appreciate all of his confidence and all of his swagger, I guess is the right word here, but um, they got the job done last year. Um, once again, uh, they, they had a great season and, um, and they, they're not, they're not going to sit back and, and wait for anything to be handed to them. Uh, they know that how tough this class can be, um, even though they 
they dominated last year. They they know how tough this class can be, and if if they take any any competitor, opponent, anything for granted, uh, they are going to lose. And and that is not what Skillman's do. They're, they're going to go out there and, and and try to win for sure. And as is Powick, as is Liebescher, and and uh, you know that that Dodge team over there, and and that um, that Barton team that uh, Liebescher is part of. It, it's going to be a fun season because. Um, Everyone thinks that they've they've found something um, over the off season, as as I'm sure they all have, and we're going to get to the Gators and think we're going to see some fireworks. Right now, I think we're at 22 cars. I think we'll probably end up somewhere around 25 uh, total entries, and um, it sucks that so many people have to go home uh, that won't be able to qualify for one reason or another. But uh, but I know the fans love the heads up racing and and the competing for that 16th spot. It really is going to be another great race and a great season. We've got some new names. We've got some veteran names. Uh, looking at the entry list, at the time of our discussion, uh, the Skillmans are not even entered. I had a couple of people mention to me, like, you know, oh, my gosh, because everyone gets excited and also panicky at the same time as they're scanning the entry list. Like, oh, this guy is not there. This guy's not there. And so, you know, Drew's like, hey, man, that's our move. We wait to the last minute, right? The gamesmanship right. even includes the entry list. No, absolutely does. It does. Um, you know, it it makes your competitors kind of, hey, maybe, uh, you know, it, Skillman's not on that list. Maybe I'll take off at 6 o'clock instead of staying until 7 today. Or, you know, maybe I'll sleep an extra 20 minutes. But the second that they get on that list, um, you know, everybody's going to be busting their butt, try, aiming for literally number one and uh, I guess number three there in, in Billy. But, um, I mean, it's 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 uh, – it's going to be an exciting season. It really is. Um, I, I think we're going to see some great racing all year long. Um, glad to have uh, the new package that Dodge has. You know, maybe uh, maybe um, see some new stuff out of uh, some some new times out of these cars with some of the rule changes that we've seen. But uh, but it's it's going to be exciting. A couple of the names that we know have done well. It'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, we could go down the list. Uh, the uh, the Don Schumacher Racing Team, uh, we started off with Mark Powick. Leah, Powick. Leah is going to be tough. They got new parts coming. They're not going to have them right away. But uh, you would imagine that they are going to be able to jump up and be competitive now that they've gotten what they were asking for. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think so, um, for sure. But again... You can get all these things approved. You got to put it to to work on the track, right? I mean, it, it, we can all sit here and and blueprint an engine uh, on paper, and and when we put it in a car, there's so many different variables. And and you know, I I know they've got a great team over at DSR uh, with with Terry and and with Kevin over there, and and um, they know what they're doing. That's for that's for damn sure. And and it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see them bounce back. You know, they obviously didn't have the year they wanted to last season. Um, you know, missing some uh, some not qual- not qualifying for some events and uh, and only making the finals once there at the end of the year and uh, you know maybe maybe they'll be able to get back to their winning ways. We'll see. But uh, I know the NHRA is ready to pull the trigger on on uh, some uh, pulleys and a couple other rules that uh, are going to keep this class uh, keep the parity up in this class. And you may not have heard, you will eventually. Drew said he's got every pulley size, and he's ready to walk them right down there to the Dodge teams as soon as they need them. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Drew's interview. It sounds very exciting. It is. Uh, well, obviously, you... all the fans have already heard that uh, little behind-the-scenes 
uh, I, I don't listen in on Joe's interviews with the driver, so I don't know quite what uh, was said there. Um, but it, it's uh, from what Joe's told me, it, it's uh, Drew's Drew's fired up and ready to go. Isn't everybody excited that you guys know something that Brian doesn't know at this moment? And that is the best part of it. The Stanfield-powered cars. How about four of them? We got Aaron. We got David Janik. We got Stephen Bell. You got Archie Cohn. Uh, Aaron Stanfield is a very busy young man out there in Mellow Yellow Pro Stock at the same time. There is a lot going on, uh, and he's going to be very busy this weekend. He will be. He will be. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things I... I Talk to them. Uh, they've they've got a couple of our graduates over there, so and, and are always hiring more and looking for more. The Stanfield team is. So I was talking to Greg the other day about everything, and and they are ready to go. Um, I know that Aaron is kind of pulling double duty as uh, driving in two classes, and also as the tuner and engine builder over there for the factory stock cars, and and I don't want to say babysitting, but taking care of um, the cars with uh, Archie and Bell and and Janik and his own. Um, but it is it's that's a that's a team over there that whole everyone in that Stanfield camp that's uh, I feel like they think that the the title has eluded them a little bit and they've been so close the last two seasons having a car in, in second and two years ago third and Archie finishing second this past year um, it's it they they know what their goal is it is a championship and and um, they're they're going to fight for every. Uh, every uh, horsepower they can get to to get to, to get to that championship. And we can run down the list of uh, every driver that has entered and everybody has a story and of course over the the season here on uh, Factory Stock Podcast, we're going to cover the winners and the stories and the behind the scenes and the battles and the fights. So let's just kind of get macro Brian in that eight races. We've done this now a couple of times. We have a general understanding of the flow of a championship season. This year's schedule, one of the common themes of our interviews with the drivers, everybody loves the schedule. They love the time between races. They love the time they have to work on the cars, the the late-night thrashes with a day or two to get from one location to the next. Those are gone. Everybody is going to have equal time to prepare. And the final culminating race will be in Las Vegas, Nevada, something that everybody loves out there at the Strip in Las Vegas. A fantastic race and a, a great place to celebrate a championship. And so... This category isn't you know brand new anymore. The new has been knocked off, but still at the very beginning and an opportunity. If you if you know how to win a championship and you think you've got what it takes, now is the time to show it. No, absolutely. This is you know uh, being able to crown our champion in Vegas. Uh, we we added a uh, the Atlanta race in Chicago also this year. It 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 was a bummer to take Dallas off and and Virginia. And, uh, you know, we, we like moving this, these races around, but there's also some staples that we, we got to get to um, because the fans are so good, but also because the track is so good. Um, I, I don't think that we need to be out in Pomona at the beginning of the season. I, that's a long haul for a lot of our racers. Um, and, and, you know, we having the first race down in the, at the Gators, um, that's kind of always been, at least as long as I've been a part of this, as long as samtech.edu has been a part of it, that's, that's where we always started. And, and it's such a fantastic track and it's such great atmosphere for some really, really great racing. Um, you know, there's, there's actually going to be, I guess the baby Gators the week before and the NMCA race the week before in Bradington and then the Orlando door slammers event, you know, so there's going to be factory showdown cars taking over Florida, that, that race that, uh, best two out of three with, with 
David Kramer and, and Bo Butner for $25,000. Are you kidding me? What, what more could you want? You know, just let's go match race and let's see what happens. So it, this class is, is evolving beyond the NHRA and, and you're seeing these, these drivers really want to push this thing. You know, we've got the Memphis millions coming up later this year um, over uh, Memorial day weekend. So there's, there's going to be a lot of places to follow these cars and, and see them. Um, and it is, it's not just what they're doing with us. It's what they're doing out uh, with us, meaning the NHRA races, but where else they are in the country. Cause there's so many different events that want these cars because they know that the fans love seeing these big hulking, uh, blown cars, just muscling their way down the track. And it, it's something so special. And if you haven't been out to one of the races to see it, if you it, get there, if we are trying to do everything we can to expand the, the, the schedule a little bit, maybe add one or two races eventually. Um, but we're always looking for new, new, uh, new ways to get in front of the fans. And I, you know, I, I think that it's really cool to do what, uh, Bo and Dave are doing, uh, in Orlando, getting these cars in front of some fans. And obviously the NMCA has been doing this a long time and, and, uh, I'm glad the NHRA has let us be partners with them for so long. This will be our, uh, fifth year, I believe. Yeah. Headed into our fifth year. Um, as the title sponsor of this class. And, um, you know, we, we kind of look at it and say, okay, well, where can we go um, to showcase the, these drivers, these cars, it's what the manufacturers have done? You know, it's, it's such a special class. Very and exciting. We're really excited to be a part of it. Very exciting. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Brian, this is also an exercise. You know, the reason you support the class is because you're desperately reaching out to maybe not desperately, but certainly reaching out to the young fans and the next generation of engine builders, of machinists, of tuners, of crew chiefs, of crew members, people who want to go to work uh, in this industry. And samtech.edu helps it happen. Uh, just speak on that a little bit. I like to think that the fans of the category find the podcast, they listen to the podcast, and are ever closer to understanding what you guys do at the school. But you already mentioned you've got several graduates working in teams, on teams, as crew chiefs, but not just racing. There's other industries where Samtech graduates are at work. Absolutely. So if you're new to this and you're kind of wondering what samtech.edu is, we are a uh, vocational school down in Houston, Texas. We offer five programs, uh, block machining, cylinder head machining, CNC machining, EFI calibration, and an associate's degree. We've been here since 1985, and my parents founded the school. Um, my dad was an engine builder back in the uh, 70s and into the early 80s, and um, they saw a need in this industry for uh, for good employees and, and, and great engine builders and, and people who could machine and, and be at the racetrack and all of that. And, and so that's what we are teaching our uh, guys and gals over here is, is how to be machinists and how to work in the automotive industry. But some of our CNC guys go into aerospace and oil and gas. And, and there's just a lot of other aspects um, that there are, uh, excuse me, there are a lot of other uh, opportunities outside of the automotive. But, you know, a lot of our most of our graduates stay within the automotive field and, and get team, get jobs on race teams, whether that's in NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, uh, trophy truck, it, it's all over the place. But uh, if there's a job in the motorsports industry that you're looking for, uh, we've probably had a graduate do it or, um, or they're working in it still. Um, it's, uh, it, it's really rewarding to get to the track and see so many of our graduates uh, out there. You know, we've, 
going back to Aaron Stanfield, he's he's over there with that elite team in the pro stock, and and they've got a few of our guys, and they've got one coming in uh, that's going to try out with them over our spring break, and he'll be down at the Gators that week, and and uh, he's uh, he's really excited about it, and, and that's kind of what these uh, teams see is is oh well, the, the dedication that our graduates have, and and. Uh, what good employees and model, role models and things like that come out of the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Amazing stuff. Great stuff, and I appreciate it. All right, one final piece of work for you, Brian Massengill from samtech.edu. Listen, a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are inside the sport also. We got fans. We're growing the fan base. We're reaching out, making sure that they know that they can get to know these superstar drivers just like that, just like the Mellow Yellow series. Hardworking people who are out here to battle each other, try to smash each other, to use a term from Stevie Fast, uh, except with nine-inch wide tires and 3,500 pounds. But the crew members and the insiders and the drivers and the sponsors, they all listen to Factory Stock Podcast. You are Brian Massengill from samtech.edu. You can talk to a whole bunch of them. Before the season, right now, is there anything that you have to say to the entire class that is Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown before the battle begins? <laughs> there is. Uh, bring everything you got because uh, you can't half-ass and win this class. Um, you're not going to be able to get through rounds, and I appreciate all of the dedication that every single one of these racers, engine builders, the families, the time, the money, the commitment that these people have put in to this class over the last five years and over our entire sponsorship there uh, in the NHRA. We we are so thrilled to be a part of this class, and, and it's uh, because of the racers, because of the commitment um, from from the engine builders and everybody else. Um, I, thank you, but uh, but also don't rest. you got to keep going. There's a championship to be won. And there you have it. Brian, great job as usual. Thank you so much. Factory Stock Podcast, Episode 1, Season 2, before the 51st Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals is in the books. Of course, we encourage you guys to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Brian, thank you so much. Joe, thanks as always, man. Excited about Season 2, and um, I guess I will see you at the Gators, buddy. Thank you, Brian. Brian Massengill from samtech.edu. Hey, quick reminder, social media, Facebook and Instagram, Factory Stock Showdown. Follow along, all kinds of stuff. We post the shows there, definitely. We would love for you to share the shows with your friends. Factory Stock Showdown on Facebook and Instagram. All kinds of great photographs, cars, wheelies, up-close video. Good stuff, great way to follow the sport. And for you Twitter users... Factory Stock Show, S-H-O. Factory Stock Show, S-H-O. Follow Factory Stock Show on Twitter, and you'll never miss a show, and you can keep up with the sport and keep up with all kinds of new and information, things that are out there. Samtech.edu. Samtech.edu is also on Twitter as well, as am I, at WFO Joe. You can also find me at WFO Radio, the WFO Radio podcast, another podcast that I do for you podcast listeners, where we cover drag racing, NHRA drag racing, through the Lucas Oil Series, Mellow Yellow Series, and beyond, but Factory Stock Showdown has their own home. All right, final thought from me. I'm excited to go racing. 
Very excited about the 51st Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. Happy about Factory Stock Podcast being back. What we are going to do, we'll try to preview and recap every race over the course of the year. Now, the results episode might be the following week after some races as I make my travel back from the event. Click subscribe, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, SoundCloud, so you never miss one. It shows up on your phone whenever you are ready. And if you really like it, write a review. I really like it. Apparently, that is a very big thing. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Thank you to our guests, of course, Brian Massengill. But we're talking about Cowboy, Mark Powick. Good luck this year. Big thanks to Scott Libisher for coming on the show. And Drew Skillman for bringing the heat. Drew, we're not here to mess around. I love that. You're going to get the championship. You're going to have to go through the Skillmans, and that's going to be very, very tough. Elevate your game or move on out. That is it's all about. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time on Factory Stock Podcast. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.